BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. MRN Crew Call on MRN.com is presented by Money Lion, the world's most powerful financial membership. Money Lion, here we roar. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strengths. Good morning, good afternoon, good day, wherever you are. We are welcome. We're not we are, but welcome to MRN Crew Call presented by Moneyline. So excited to have you all here today. And we have a very great show today for more than one reason. Not only for the fact that we had an awesome week at Talladega Motor Super Speedway this past weekend, but the fact that I have a very, very good guest for you today, a very knowledgeable guest, a GOAT, an OG the man with the plan I have. And I'm not going to even talk about him. We're going to get back to him in a little bit later. But right now, let's just let's change things up. And let me just give you the headlines on what you missed this weekend. If you did not catch Talladega Super Speedway, it was a great race. It had a lot going on. You know, they had some wrecks. All the fans loved what they saw. It was a packed house. And I'm sure um, being that it is Wednesday, you have heard all the storylines of how great Talladega was and you know, the success that they had there. At the same time, you did have Chevy winning its first race of the year, Hendrick Motorsports winning its first race of the year, and my man, Chase Elliott. You know, everyone knows my ties to Hendrick Motorsports and Chase Elliott, that number nine car and the number 24 car. And um, I was so excited to see Chase Elliott win his first race of 2019. Congratulations, Chase Elliott. I um, brought out the race hauler, put it on the show for you, buddy. Good job, Good job to that team. Good job to that pit crew. They had a little bit of um, mishap. They had a little bit of um, trouble early in the race, but I, it was great to see a veteran team like that team bounce back the way they did, put their driver in position to win. So I was very excited about that. Ford and Toyota have been dominating all season. Here we are, 10 races in, and Ford and Toyota have been dominating. You know, they've been winning everything. They're running really well. So it was very good to see Chevy, Team Hendrick, you know, get on that that winner board and as well as my man, uh, Chase Elliott, to do that. What else do we have in the headlines? We have 10 races in. Talladega was a huge success. Last week we had Chuck E. Fall on the show, and he is the owner of um, Excalibur Pit School. And uh, we had a great talk with him as, um, you know, they went to Talladega. And, oh, you hear that phone line? We can get to my guest. I'm so excited. We have my guest, Michael Houston is who I am talking to. Are you on the line? Absolutely. There's my man, Michael Houston, a.k.a. Tiny. And that's not his only nickname. Michael Tiny Houston has many other nicknames, too, that we're going to get into. Thanks for joining us on um, MRN Crew Call, presented by Moneyline, Mike. Man, good to be here. Love to talk to you, man. Man, how are you feeling after Talladega? Good. Really good. You know, the, uh, the 13 car, the Geico with Ty Dillon, we, uh, we've got a couple stage wins uh, this year, and uh, we're excited to got one in, uh, in Talladega. And, uh, man, we're still on the grind trying to see what we can do. Winning a stage win, and for a team uh, like Jermaine Racing, I mean, 
What did that mean to your team? Oh, it, it means everything. You know, uh, with, with a team like us, that you know, we're we're sister partners with RCR, and uh, you know, we uh, we don't have the funding, you know, like these uh, big teams do, and, and to to get a win like that, uh, it, it's gratifying. It lets you know that you know all your hard work is is paying off, and um, you keep grinding, you keep getting after it, and, and good things will happen. Mike, what is your position besides? I want to say race mechanic. What is more specific? Your specifically your position at Jermaine Racing now? I, I do all the rear suspension. All the rear suspension. suspension. And as you can tell from your picture that we have posted, um, you're not here for your position. I don't want to talk to you about your position at Geico. You know why I want to talk to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. For, for y'all who don't know, and um, it's well documented my relationship with uh, Coach Horton uh, and NASCAR uh, pit crew development as as far as my career and advancing as a tire carrier through through this series. And the best way I can describe it is when you're in a neighborhood, it takes a community to raise a child sometimes, to wrap their arms around an uh, individual who wants to advance and get out of a certain situation. But within NASCAR, it's the same type of premise. It takes uh, a community. You have to surround yourself around great people to be successful in this sport. And uh, as aside from Coach Horton, I look at you as one of those individuals, uh, uh, Tiny. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but like I said, just want to take this time to say I appreciate everything that I have learned from you over the years, you know, and um, basically applying that gave me an unfair advantage over a lot of other tire carriers. So I'm so excited that you're here today, and I'm great. I'm just grateful that we're able to share some of the experience and and uh, the things that you've experienced and, and, and taught us, because a lot of these young crew members, they don't know who you are because they're what, <laughs> they're so young, man. They're millennials. How did this oh, come man, about? You're, you're aging us, man. You're aging us. And, and listen, <laughs> on, on a side note, real quick, you know, um, you know, I, I can only open the door. You're the one that has to go through. And, and, and Big Daddy, you grab that and uh, you kick the door down, man. You didn't just walk through, so. You know, I, anytime I can give back and help out, love to do it, man. So I appreciate that. It means a lot. Six foot two, 305 pound defensive tackle. You know, you started in 1997. You pro wrestled for six years under the oh, name yeah. of Mike Mayhem, under the name of Minister of Pain. And then you become a tire carrier. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that came into existence? Uh, absolutely, man. Uh, back then, uh, a lot of the teams didn't have weight rooms and things like that. So coming from an athletic background, playing football, I'd work out at the gyms, at the local gyms. And uh, I met a guy there who was uh, a professional wrestler and uh, a race fan. And we got to be friends. We worked out together. And we, we kind of made a deal. And he said, look, man, he said, I, I know you're you're interested in wrestling. And, and I love racing. If you'll teach me how to, to jack a race car or, or, you know, fuel it, whatever, man, I, I'll – I'll show you the ropes in wrestling. I said, all right, cool, let's do it. You know, so we kind of traded off like that. And, um, you know, I bounced around on the independent circuit, you know, like for about six years off and on. And, uh, you know, had a great time. But, uh, you know, I did not miss hanging up the boots, man. My body mm -hmm. uh, appreciated that. So uh, <laughs> that's how it came about, man. It was just a trade off, which at that time was, I was lucky because it was hard to get into that sport, just like racing. Uh, but I had the right connections, the right place, the right time. And as an athlete coming into the sport from the pro wrestling realm, what kind of challenges did you face trying to break your way into a new sport such as NASCAR at that time? Because the year at that time was 1997, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it was a different world 
uh, Rocco, because, you know, I, I grew up in Concord, and you would think I, I would have been a big race fan and followed racing, and, and I didn't. You know, it was all sports, football, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling, things like that. And uh, so it was kind of foreign to me. Uh, you know, and I met a guy when I was bouncing at a nightclub. I was bouncing, wrestling, doing everything. And, uh, you know, they invited me up there, and, and I was able to do it. And back then, you got to remember, we just handed the tire down. <laughs> the the changer actually put the tire on and hit the lug nut. Mm. So I'm, you know, coming from an athletic background, I'm like, well, to me, it was like, well, this is easy. Okay, yeah, anybody can do this. You know, so that's kind of how it started. Um, but it, the mindset is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, to, you have to approach it. You have to have a certain mindset. You have to have a certain uh, regimen. And, and, and that was one thing that Coach Phil Horton implemented because it was around the same time, 97, 98, that Coach Horton got into it and, and became a trainer coach and, uh, you know, put everything together that, you know, that, that the sport was missing. It, it wasn't there at that time. It was just your average mechanic, you know, okay, well, I'm going to pit the car. You know, I'll work on it all week, and then I'm going to pit it on the weekend. You know, and it, it, he brought in the athletic side of it and the athletes and, and took it to a different level. And boom, here comes Mike Houston into the door. Look, there's so much more I want to talk to you about. We're going to be right back with Mike Houston, a.k.a. Tiny, a.k.a. Mike Mayhem, a.k.a. the Minister of Pain, right after this. What's up? Vaughn Gittin Jr. here. How would you like the keys to a 700-horsepower, custom-built Ford Mustang RTR? Designed by none other than NASCAR champ Joey Logano, the RTR design team, and me. It's one of three Mustangs you could win in the Money Lion Here We Roar sweepstakes. How do you enter? Just text ROAR to 95615 or visit roarsweepstakes.moneylion.com. No purchase necessary. It's 2019. Must be 18 or older. For official sweepstakes rules, visit roarsweepstakes.moneylion.com. At the Goddard School, teachers customize lessons so children can explore their interests, have fun, and learn the skills they need for success in school and beyond. From infant sign language to pre-K students tackling STEAM learning, our Flex Learning Program, or Fun Learning Experience, is grounded in research that shows the most genuine learning occurs when children are having fun. Our teachers leverage this through lessons inspired by children's imaginations. To enroll, visit GoddardSchool.com. The Goddard School, learning for fun, learning for life. Hey guys, Corley Joy. Join me and my friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Ma on the Sunday Money Podcast. We talk racing. What happened in California? Like, what is that, you know? Yeah, they all sat in a pit road waiting for one guy to be the sacrificial lamb and none of, nobody wanted to do it. And just life. Did you fall in love on TV? No, definitely not. I could not. Plus, you never know who might stop by. Young Ryan Blaney's here with something in his hand. I brought works? you our script because you guys are like our show, so. It's Sunday Money on MRN.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Getting Schooled is presented by the Goddard School, the best childhood preparation for social and academic success. Visit GoddardSchool.com for more information. The Goddard School, learning for fun, learning for life. My kids go to the Goddard School. I have nothing. I mean, I'm so excited at all the advances that my children have shown. And uh, I know for sure that the Goddard School has gave my kids uh, a virtual cheat sheet as far as when they start kindergarten and, and the school and they'll be ahead of the game. So... Uh, along those lines, let's school these crew members into Tiny Houston. And basically, I'm just going to talk about how you schooled me. <laughs> Tiny, you there with us? Absolutely. Tiny, when I came into the sport, 
Um, I, like yourself, um, had no idea of, of NASCAR, and I was just all about competing and being the best tire carrier I could be. And at the time, I only knew what was known as the front step. That was how it was taught to me. That is how you taught that to me. But that has not always been the case. You alluded to us prior to when you got into this sport, the tire carrier was simply responsible for handing the tire down and the tire changer will put the tire on, correct? Uh, yep, that's how it was done. So tell me about this think tank. When did you create this let's, this left step, this front step, the way that we are doing it now? And how did that come about? It came about, Rocco, uh, back in 99, 2000. Uh, coach Horton was our uh, pit crew coach. And uh, he gave us an hour, uh, which he called the think tank, to come up with creative ideas, good or, good or bad, um, you know, to make pit stops more efficient and faster. And, you know, he said, okay, if it takes eight steps, is there a way to do it in six steps? Mm-hmm. Um, so we started thinking, and the thought process that I had uh, was, okay, if, if a machine was putting this tire on the car, what would be the most efficient way that it would do it? So I started thinking about it, and I was like, okay, it would come in at about a 45-degree angle. It would kind of push the other tire out and flatten out and go straight on. Mm-hmm. Well, the current way I was positioned, that wouldn't work. Why would that and not that, work? Because you were kind of – you had your rear facing the car, and you kind of lifted in and, and sat mm-hmm. the tire down, or guys were swinging the tire in and just kind of using the momentum and the weight of the tire – just to kind of swing it up there and hope that it goes on. So it was not ergonomically uh, correct. No, not, mm-hmm. not at all. And uh, so I positioned my body, and the, the starting position was a little awkward, but I had remembered back from football, you know, the, the power stance, you know, is a little bit shoulder-width apart, you know, 45-degree angle with your legs, shoulders down, you know, getting low, arms in front of you, and that's how I ended up mm-hmm. at the ending part of the, uh, of the index. And at first, you know, it was, it was very different, uh, and it put different stresses on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was way faster. Um, and, and from there it progressed to other things. Um, I changed your clay Robinson, uh, who actually we were, a changer carrier combo for 13 years. Um, and he said, well, you're getting it on way faster. So I need to be able to get back to the lug nuts quicker. So then he developed standing the tire up, mm. which in turn put me closer to the car. So I'm not farther out in pit road getting, you know, worried about getting hit by the car pitting in front of you. That way you could just put an arm on it and push it and roll it. He got back to the lug nuts quicker. Everything started evolving. Tiny, um, can I stop you right there? Absolutely. Tiny, you said Clay Robinson started standing his tire up. Can you honestly say he's the first guy to do that? Well, I don't know 100% mm-hmm. because there may have been other guys doing that and it may not have been purposely, mm-hmm. but we started doing it purposely Perfect. because before you would just lay the tire out there on pit road, you know, and that, and when I really first, the first year, the rear tire stayed out there on that right side. You didn't even take it back. See, for our young crew members, I wanted to emphasize that to the point of the, the matter is that, Clay Robinson is still on pit road to this day, and they're <laughs> and they're yep. surrounded by you know they're in the company of greatness. He purposely 
did that. And that's the way it's done across the board on every major team now. The way you front step is done by every major team. That had to start from somewhere, young crew members. I'm trying to let y'all know that. So I'm putting y'all up on game. You know, when we have guests like this on our show, heed to these words. These are our originate. These are our innovators. You know, so anyways, I digress. Go ahead, Tiny. <laughs> I had to I had to make that clear because, you know, no, I, I absolutely you see and, these young crew members and they have no clue. And then they just going through the motion. Same thing that we did when we started out early on. But um, as you evolve and you get to these upper echelons of race teams, you have to change your mindset and you have to learn, be a student of the game. Absolutely. If, if you if you're status quo, you're not moving forward. Not. You know, you do what works for you, but you always look what's the next step ahead. What's going to like I said, Phil Horton always said, you know, if you do something in 10 steps, can you do it in eight? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's just less steps to make the process. So it's going to be quicker, you know, and also that the major thing, the major thought process that came out of that think tank with Coach Horton is we always approach pit stops as, man, the faster we do something, the quicker the time will be. I know where you're going and with this. <laughs> that is incorrect. You know, the stop is because we're working with an inanimate object, right? It's a race car. It has no feelings. Mm-hmm. It don't care what you did last night. If you got in a fight with your girlfriend, your wife, whatever, it doesn't care. Mm-mm. And so you have to approach it, you know, almost like what Coach Horton always said, like a cyborg. Mm-hmm. So he would say, if you do everything you're supposed to do, and back then the gold standard was a 12-5. It's going to be a 12-5. But every mistake mistake you make you add time to that Mm -hmm. and that was a a completely different thought process you know in the sport you know it's not go faster to have a faster time it's don't make mistakes and the time will be fast preach you know so you know that and it all came from that Mm -hmm. um you know and there's there's so many guys that, that that have have been you know coached by phil horton and and things would come about you know aaron p rat with the you know, the, the pause uh, sign, you know, letting your body settle, not going in two different directions while you're trying mm-hmm. to hit a lug nut right in front of you. You know, all these different things, you know. And, you know, and, and Coach Horton always said, you know, there will be a time where we're going to be limited by the equipment. The equipment mm-hmm. has to improve. And, oh, man, did that ever happen <laughs> when – when Gibbs came out with, with their those gun. air guns, those damn air and, guns, boy. Oh, I'm telling you, man. And, and it, it was years, years, and who knows how many millions of dollars for people to catch up. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it was a struggle. Now, th- don't get me wrong, man. All those guys that were Gibbs back in the day and, and today are, are phenomenal athletes, man. But the equipment advantage they had was just. Night and day. Let me elaborate on that a little bit. You're not trying to, as you said, not trying to downplay any athletes there. But if you had a Joe Gibbs air gun back in that day, you could get a shop bagger, a a baggage handler or whatever out of the grocery store. Give him a gun, put a fire suit on that man, and he would compete as a tire changer. But at the same time, if you gave a, a, a physically gifted tire changer that same gun, he would be remarkable. Exactly. Let me tell you something, Rocco. I, I had a guy one time, and I won't I won't say names, but he told me he said, "Tiny, I would pay fifty thousand dollars to get my hands on one of those guns because it would take and and it would prolong my career and it would take me to that next level." Tiny, where do you, you see know? the jacks now? I know you see the jacks now, and you know, oh, yeah. and, and that's where it's going now. Being that you're so active still within the racing circuit, and um, 
at um, um, working with Ty Dillon and putting him in position to win, you see the advancements. And, you know, sit tight. Do you have time for us, man? We have so much more to talk about. Can you sit tight and, and uh, yeah. talk to us some more? Man, I'll give you all the time in the world. But... <laughs> Don't say that. I'll take it. Hey, we're going to be right <laughs> back with uh, Tiny, a.k.a. the Minister of Pain, DuPont Dog. And I'm going to have another nickname for you when we get back. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Quality drinks and unmatched customer service is the name of the game. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom flavor-infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. Over 25 flavors, there's something for everyone. Visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Open daily from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. Veteran drivers and rookie drivers. NASCAR Today Midday keeps you up to date with all your favorites each weekday. It's a dream come true. A lot of you know the path that I've gone down. There's a lot of opportunity with the package changes, you know, with the Chevrolet and the work they're putting in. And I know one thing's for sure, it's good to have my name on top of the cup card. Don't miss any of the breaking NASCAR news with NASCAR Today Midday. Only on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. You hear it every week. Just want to thank the whole team and uh, all our guys back in Denver. Everybody supports this team. They're the unsung heroes of NASCAR, and their life is the pit. This is Rocco Williams, and for 10 years, I've jacked up some of the biggest names in auto racing, and now I'm jacked to bring it all down to street level and acquaint you with the guys behind the wall and back at the shop. Join me on MRN Crew Call, presented by Money Lions, every Wednesday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are found. Come on back. Come on back. We got Tiny in the studio. Well, he's actually on the phone. Tiny Houston, you still there with us, man? Yeah, man. Man, I know you're busy. You're getting ready for, uh, where are we racing at this week coming up? We're going to Dover. You ready for Dover? Oh, yeah. I know Absolutely. You. Speaking of Dover, I want to just, um, I want to talk about a monumental event that happened. I say it's monumental because, first of all, I didn't know how impactful uh, this this event was when it happened. I'm talking about 20. 10, second Texas race. Does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to tell you, uh, before you get into that, I'm going to talk about where I was. It was 2010. I'm with Mark Martin. I am the rear tire carrier or the front tire carrier. I went back and forth. Um, I'm not sure which one. But anyways, I'm with Mark Martin, 2010. We just finished uh, the previous year winning five races, second in points in the championship. We're balling out at Hendrick Motorsports. And then our partners, our teammates, the um, Jeff Gordon car, Jimmy Johnson, um, they were at Texas as well. And I remember during that race, which we finished third, by the way, um, it had to be maybe six or seven stops in. I saw the 24 team who had wrecked out running towards the 48 pit stall. And then I saw them hook up their air hoses and finish the race out with the 48 team. And at that time, I was like, oh, well, dang, they must have messed up. That's embarrassing. That sucks for that, that 48 team. But then at the same time, I started thinking, damn, that's a lot of pressure on those 24 boys. Because Jimmy was rolling at that time. He was in a heated battle with Denny Hamlin. I think he was second in the points at the time. And um, as every pit crew member knows, sometimes you struggle. You know, in those first six stops, they were a struggle for those 48 teams 
those 48 guys, but at the same time, you have those struggles, and sometimes you just need that seventh and eighth stop to dig your way out, and then you can finish the game or you can finish the race. And Jimmy had the propensity to make his pit crew members look like superstars. No matter how many uh, mistakes they had, no matter how many debacles they had, Jimmy could will that team, and he could find a way to win that race. But something was different about Texas, that second Texas race. When I saw y'all walk, running to that 48 box, can you talk about that a little bit, Tiny, and share um, shine a light on that a little bit more? Oh, yeah, man. What a time that was. <laughs> <laughs> man, like you said, we, we had wrecked out. Um, and, you know, we our spirits were down a little bit. You know, we competitors, man, we you want to compete all the way to the end. And, like, all right, you know, we're going to go back to the hauler. And uh, we're walking back, and we get a call on the radio, you know, hey, you guys report to the 48 pit stall with your equipment. And we're all like, what? <laughs> you know, so we head over there and we're running and um, we get over there and, and, and Chad Canals comes off the box, you know, and he says, listen, he said, I'm proud of this 48 crew. They've got us to this point. They're struggling and we need help. Mm. And you guys ha- have, have wrecked out and, and, you know, we're glad you're here. Can you guys help us? Who told and you that? To Stevie? Stevie Latard or Chad? Chad. So Chad, Chad told you. Did. What did Stevie, your crew chief, say at the time? get over to the 48 pit. Mm-hmm. It's whatever it takes to win. You know, mm-hmm. you know how it is at Hendrick, man. It's whatever we got to do. One team, one team. And uh, that's it. That's it. One team, one team, four teams, man. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, we got over there and you could see the look on the, the pit crew guys, you know, for the 48, you know, they were disappointed. Um, but man, what, what honor it was to, to, to them, those guys that stepped in, they helped us. What do you need? Because, you know, there's mm-hmm. little different things about, you know, what type of oil you use in the lug nuts, you know, and what type of caps you have, that kind of stuff. You know, man, could not ask for anything better with the help they gave us to to make that adjustment, get everything ready to go. And, and we were so fortunate to, to be able to be a part of that. And, and then to find out, you know, I think we, we ended up with like a 12-5 average, mm-hmm. um, which was solid. And um, Especially at that time. They, exactly. They weren't doing 12 fives on a consistent basis like that. So not yeah. only did y'all step in to a championship uh, a driver, a driver contending for a championship, y'all put him in position to get the best possible finish um, that he could, which Absolutely. in turn, they kept you on that team the remainder of the year. I think there was two or three races left, correct? Two races left, yep. And then yep. you win the championship. Absolutely. This damn Absolutely. storybook, man. They, it, can't, it they can't make this up. You can't, you're not. And, and, and I don't know, and I'm pretty sure, but I don't believe up until that point that that had ever happened. Mm-hmm. It you hasn't. Know, and and that's, you know, that's a great point you brought up. Talk about that because imagine now with these young millennial crew members now, if, you know, they get their feelings hurt, you don't get whoopings anymore when you're, if you're under 25 years old, you've never got a whooping. You know, you don't get punished. You can't talk to them a certain way. You can't reprimand them, you know? So imagine a crew member in the 22 to 21 year old range being bitched during the race or telling him that, you know, telling them you're going to another car that's just been wrecked out. How do you think that would, would go over? <laughs> Man, that, that, that would be tough. It, it really, it really would, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, cause we always took the, the mentality and it was something that, you know, Clay, Clay Robinson and I were like the yin and the yang, man. You know, I was the wild, crazy, mm-hmm. you know, get up in your grill. He was from California, laid back and cool, you know. And he, he said, hey, man, he told me one time, he said, hey, man, you know pressure doesn't exist unless you allow it. Mm. I was like, huh, 
He's like, man, nobody physically puts pressure on you. <laughs> it's your feelings and your emotions, man, how you react to it. Mm-hmm. And hence, so he's you, still so tired, like, changing oh, tires today. Okay. You know, it, we, we called him we called him Stretch Armstrong because he, <laughs> he's like the most limber pit crew ever, man. I think that's how he's done it for so long, mm-hmm. you know, injury prevention. But, you know, using that mentality, you know, and today – like you said, you know, at the drop of a hat, somebody's getting their feelings hurt. You know, they want to unplug their gun and go home. You know, and, and you know, you got to be strong, man. You got to realize that that adversity is going to hit at some point. You just don't know when, and you got to be ready for it. Well, isn't that the the the, the reason why athletes have been so successful um, in the sport as crew members now because they can handle that adversity. They know how to perform. Perfect example: uh, the national championship a couple years ago when Nick Saban made the call. Right. Mm -hmm. He took Jalen Hurts out and and he put Tua in. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Tua didn't just come off the bench, man. He practiced. He trained. He Mm -hmm. mentally had himself prepared to be ready for that at any moment. And that's what these crew guys have got to remember. You got to be prepared at any time for anything to happen. You know, nothing should be a surprise to you. You should be you know, you should act like you've been there before. You should act like you've done it and you should respond. You know, and and that's what you gotta you gotta train and you gotta practice that way. Ooh ooh ooh, my turn, my turn. Can I give him a comparison? Yeah, man. <laughs> my comparison to football would be like: imagine you on a twenty play drive. You're the running back. You get three yard gain, five yard gain, first down. Three yard gain, five yard gain, first down. All the way to the one yard line, and then right before you score the next play, they bring in the backup fullback for a one yard run. He scores a touchdown. <laughs> that that's how I viewed that because I'm looking at it as a crew member. I did the work, you know. Let me reap the benefits at the same time. Bigger picture kicks in, and I think that's what separates the premier crew members from others. Those who can separate the difference between there and just focus on what they have to do and compete. Because that was you at Hendrick Motorsports. You didn't. St- you weren't always at Hendrick Motorsports, correct? Where were you prior? And then as far as you coming up through the ranks, what was that process like, and how did you ultimately end up at Hendrick Motorsports? Wow, man, that's uh, that's a good one. Uh, I started off uh, back in '97 with a '36 car. It was uh, it was Derek Cope, and then Ernie Irvin took over the next year. It was a Skittles M and M's car, and uh, from there went to PPI, which was uh, Tide, the Tide car, the '32, and uh, from there went to Ganassi which was really the first time where we had major success. And uh, we, we were with Sterling Marlin. Um, you know, we were, we were there. Uh, Should have won the championship in 2002, but he broke his neck. Jamie McMurray stepped in. Uh, we won Charlotte with Jamie, you know. But we were also there uh, the, the, the day that, that Earnhardt passed. Uh, we were part of that crew. Um, which, man, that could be a whole nother story, a whole mm-hmm. nother show right there, you know, because that was, wow, what a time that was. Um, but uh, you know, from there, went to uh, to Penske uh, with uh, Brendan Gaughan, uh and Travis Quapel, um, and then funding, which you know happens all the time in, in racing. Uh, funding just got cut short with our car, so they, they cut the car. Um, and uh, fortunately, we had pitted behind uh, the 48 team, a lot that year, and uh, the rear rear tire changer uh, Timmy Ladiga, um, you know, told Stevie Latart and uh, and Chad, he was like, "Hey, you guys need to take a look at those guys on the front, man. They're they're getting after it, you know." Mm-hmm. And that was Clay and I, and uh, so Matt Clark called us, 
and uh, we had a tryout, man. And, uh, you know, just being at the right place at the right time, um, continuing to, to think positive, positively and, you know, knowing things will happen as long as you keep to the grind and keep true to yourself, and, and, and it did. And, um, you know, the rest is history, man. Got to, got to be there for the five in a row with Jimmy and uh, tons of wins and, and great memories. So. Tiny, you have the fairy tale story of a career in NASCAR, and I, like I can hear it over and over again. And um, I hope you can stick with us because in our next segment, we're going to briefly go over our clutch performers of the week. And I um, just want to see if any of those names ring a bell or resonate with you. Can you stick around for us? Yes, sir. All right. We'll be back with MRN Crew Call presented by Money Lion. your chance to win a set of your very own hercules tires go to herculestires.com slash mrn simply register and each month we'll give away one set of tires hercules tires has the value selection and industry leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go no matter where the road takes you register now for your chance to win a set of hercules tires at herculestires.com slash mrn hercules tires ride on our street did you know that banks collected over $15 billion in unnecessary bank fees last year? Come on, enough is enough. It's time we took back control of our finances. That's why Moneyline is proud to bring you the financial crew chief and to be a NASCAR sponsor. Look, no one knows more about hard work and pursuing their dreams than NASCAR fans, drivers, and teams. So we want to bring you the kind of banking that the big banks would never build, with features like zero-fee checking and zero-fee investment accounts. And because life is also meant for a join, with Money Lion, NASCAR fans get even more. We're giving away 1,500 NASCAR tickets to our members this year. Plus, you can get 5% cash back on NASCAR tickets, at track purchases, and all purchases at NASCAR.com. Learn more at MoneyLion.com or download our app. This is America's most powerful financial membership. Money Lion, here we roar. We're back. Get on back in here because it's my favorite time of the show. We're going to talk about our clutch performance, uh, the clutch performers of the week. And um, we're going to highlight our tire changes. But before we get to that, why are there any distinctions between crew members? Tire? Um, can you rank the, the crew members tiny in your did they do that back in your heyday or when you were competing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, Coach Horton. And uh, Trent Cherry and those guys would, would do a top 10 list and, and like an all-star type crew and in different positions and complete teams. So, oh, yeah. What absolutely. type of accolades do you have uh, as far as what memorable races? You got any hardware? I think oh, yeah. you do. <laughs> because we know at HMS, when you, you mean you were part of those, um, how many of Jimmy's championships were you a part of? Five in a row, man. Five, Five in, in a, row. a row you won. So, I mean, that's a lot of rings there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got Maybe 10, 10 or 12 <laughs> rings. Uh, you know, we got the, the three uh, indie rings and the, the 500 rings, mm. all, all the goodies, man. I see the picture of it now. You got a watch. You got some coins there. What's, what's the story behind the coins? Uh, every time you won a race, uh, they would uh, Goodyear would give you a, a gold coin. Uh, and on the backside of it, it would tell, you know, the track that it was at and everything. That's that's my treasure box, man. I got a lot of those coins <laughs> hidden underneath there. So. You, you don't um, bury it in the backyard, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you're, you're well-decorated, well-deserved. And like I said, 
You know, there's a lot that goes into pitting a race car. And when you're doing it on a high level, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of uncertainty. Job security in this sport is almost nil. And for you don't know what nil means, that's zero. Okay, so you have to ball, you have to perform. You know, this is a performance-based sport. So we really want to take the time and really showcase the ones that are doing it on a consistent basis because you just can't do that on a week-to-week basis unless you're putting in the work in. These tire changers that we're going to um, showcase are doing that on a consistent basis, our front tire changers. And if we can show that list, you'll see that there are probably some names on here that you recognize, Tiny, if we can get that list. We're going to start off with Houston Stamper on the number 11 car. We have Thomas Hatcher for the number 22. Sitting at number three, we have Shane Papala, Papala from the number four. Cam Wall from the number 18. Your boy. Clay Robinson is sitting at number five on the number 19 car. And my man, probably the best kept secret in NASCAR, I don't know if it's a secret based off of his, uh, uh, is Scotty Brzezowski from the number 88. Hunter, Hunter Massling for the number two car. Ethan Tingler for the number three. Daniel Coffey for the number 10. And Steve Price for the number 42. He's probably the youngest on that list. But those are your top 10 Front tire changes ranked in the sport. They are doing it on a consistent basis. When you are watching a race and you want to see somebody do it the way it should be do it, you find one of those crews, those crew members who are doing it. Wouldn't you agree, Tiny? Absolutely, man. And that's amazing. Some of the cats that are still doing it that uh, <laughs> that I remember, man. And you're right, Brzezowski, man. It's like you you can't blink, man, and you ain't, you ain't going to catch his hand speed, man, how fast that dude goes. But, yeah, man, and how about Clay? Clay. Clay's still up there, man. That's awesome. <laughs> you know that that, so that that list was derived from uh, win percentages, um, standings, years in the sport. So you know he he yeah. was top in, in all the categories on that. Tiny is there... Cam. Cam Wall too, Cam man. Wall. How about that? Love him, man. <laughs> Always smiling. Oh, like you, man. If you if you ain't having a good time with Cam and Rocco, man, then something's wrong with you, man. Tiny, man, I already know uh, you're giving so much back just by being on this show. I hope our young crew members take heed to what you're saying, and they appreciate what they were allowed to experience today on MRN Crew Call, presented by Moneyline. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, and um, good luck in Denver. I mean, in Dover. I was about to say Denver, in Dover this weekend for you and your team, Tiny. Well, thank you, man. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I, I'd encourage these young guys, man, find, find one of these older guys that have been out on pit road for a while, talk to them, find out what they're doing, uh, you know, and, and, and invest that money, man. Get, get somebody like a money line to invest that money for you. Don't wait till it's too late to get plan B, man. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to this weekend with the, with the number 13 Geico with Ty Dillon, man. We're going to give it everything we got. And, uh, man, thank you so much for having me on, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Tiny, a.k.a. the Minister of Pain. That is it. The MRN Crew Call.